good morning again. It's glad to see everyone. You guys ready to get in the word? All right. So go over, so connect card. If you haven't filled one of those out, go ahead and do that. Prayer nights on Thursdays. Um, I'd like to see more com people come out there. I was reading, reading this um, book this past week, and it said, the pastor that doesn't pray is playing, and the church that doesn't pray is straying. So prayer is very important. Jesus said, I want my house to be a house of prayer. So if you can, please come on out. I believe that's one of the major works of the church is to spend time praying. Thursday nights at 6 o'clock. So we've been in a series entitled Emotional Healthy Discipleship. And there's seven marks of a healthy emotional disciple. The first one, B, before you do the first week, we talked about the difference between Martha and Mary. You know, God does not speak against being diligent and working hard. Even Proverbs 31 woman, um, God praised this woman for her industry and her hard work. But if we have one to choose, we need to prioritize our time with God before what we do. Oftentimes in ministry, in life, what happens is what we do becomes more important than who we are in Christ. So we need to learn to be before we do. And follow the crucified, not the Americanized Jesus. You know, here in America, there's a lot of great things about America. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm so glad I live in America as opposed to Saudi Arabia, China, all those other places. Um, I probably wouldn't be alive if I've, anyway. What? Yeah, it, so there's a lot of great things. But a part of America, we love our comfort, don't we? We love that microwave. Man. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to talk about the microwave. But anyway. I'm not going to go there. All right. But we love, we want things now. We, we're not used and not acclimated to sacrifice and picking up our cross and following Jesus. So we need to make sure, because a lot of us, we're not really prepared to suffer and to surrender like Teresa was talking about. So we need, how are we going to be an emotional, healthy disciple we need to follow the crucified, not the Americanized Jesus. Embrace God's gifts of limits. So I want to make an announcement. Um, you know, climbers, rock climbers, mountain climbers, sometimes they have to make adjustments. You know that? As they go up, they figure out, man, what I'm carrying is too heavy for me. So there's a saying, sometimes in order to go up higher, we need to give up. In order to go up, we have to give up something. And no, God is, call, is calling us here at, at GTC um, to be able to reach and impact and serve, love on more people. And we feel like God is calling us to, for a season, for a time, until God tells us different, starting in March, we're going to not have the, the, the food at the end of service. 
but we'll do it on special occasions. This, see, we have to embrace, we have to walk the talk. We have to embrace God's limits because as more people come in, as God calls us to minister to more people, we need to reserve our energy so we can be able to do that more effectively. I love to eat. We love to get together to eat. But we're seeing God is shifting us to back up with that and to do it on special occasions and to allow room for God to work in us. Is that okay? Is that all right? <laughs> so we're going to continue snacks for the end of this, this end of the month, but starting in March. We're going to see what God's going to do. I'm telling you, God is preparing us to reach more people and to have a bigger impact. So I just wanted to make that announcement. It goes right along the lines of embrace God's limits. Because you know what? If we violate God's limits that he's placed in our life, we will violate our health. Emotionally, physically, spiritually. Second, discover the treasures hidden in grief and loss. I don't know how long. I've been studying the Bible for a while. And I never knew that Jesus directly spoke about grief. And that there's a blessing in those who grieve. Blessed are those who mourn. In the Greek, that word means to grieve. Blessed are those who mourn or grieve because they will be comforted. And I was learning, like, how many times have we sidestep the comfort that the Holy Spirit wants to give us because we said, well, I'm too tough for that. I'm not supposed to cry. Real men don't cry. Well, that's not true. Even Jesus, the Bible says Jesus wept. So learning that there's so much blessings that comes out of when we grieve and we give those hurts, those wounds, those troubles to the Lord because he's big enough to handle them, is he not? And today, we're going to talk about make love the measure of spiritual maturity. Make love the measure of spiritual maturity. So one thing I've learned from Teresa, she does a lot of coaching for, for women. I believe you've probably coached some men too, right? Is She talks about how our relationship that we've had with our, our earthly father will affect how we relate to Heavenly Father. And the relationship that we have with our mothers will affect how we relate to Holy Spirit. And the relationship that we have with our siblings will, will affect how we connect to Jesus. So, you know, when I was probably four or five years old, my parents split up. And I'm sharing this not to show you all my warts, but God wants to show us something in this. My parents, about four or five, split up. And as my dad walked out, a higher level of fear walked in to my life. It was traumatic. I saw my dad every once in a while, probably once every six months, but I was so glad to see him because he would usually take me to 7-Eleven. Y'all remember 7-Elevens? It was a new thing back then, it was like in the 80s. You know, the store, convenience store, stayed open until 7, 
211, that was a big thing. He would take me to 7-Eleven and get me the strawberry Slurpees. <laughs> oh, man, I was so glad. And he usually had a really nice-looking car, so I'd go in there and feel really cool. But, you know, it was really traumatic for me, and I lost something. Because, you know, daddies, daddies help to bring identity, yeah. protection, Moms help to bring the nurturing and the, the teaching. And, and you know what? I, for many years of my life, I struggled with my identity in terms of I didn't feel like I was good enough. I, didn't, I thought I didn't know what it meant to be a man. But one day, we're with, I was in a small group. That's why I believe it's really important that we stay close to believers. We stay close to God. A spiritual mama, everybody say spiritual mama. Spiritual. A spiritual mama saw I was struggling. Ruth Perez saw that I was struggling. And she said, son, I know you're struggling, that you didn't really connect to your dad. But the Bible says when your father forsakes you, I will be your dad. I will be your father. And there's something about those words hit me and just absorbed in my heart. Amen. I had this hole in my heart. I couldn't figure out. But she spoke a rhema word, a specific word for, that I needed in that moment. And it healed a part of my heart. You know, I was doing some study on the mind, the brain recently. We got Three, I'm going really basic. The, you know, God created some complex, beautiful things when he created the human body. Can I get an amen? amen. Incredible. We serve an awesome God. So I'm going to give it on the simple side in terms of parts of our brain. So we have the thinking part of our brain. That's where if we listen, even the Holy Spirit will get wisdom down into our, our thinking brain. That's where we have reason. That's where we have logic, rationale. Then we have the general emotional part of our brain. That's where we experience emotions, sadness, disappointment, even frustration, anger. And that's a normal part. But then we have what I'm calling the survival part of our brain. And it's, it's actually, they call it the reptilian, like for reptile, reptilian mind. And this is where a lot of, God created it for like fear. You either run, flight, fight, freeze, get paralyzed or fond. So when you get in fear, you want to people please. And so I'm learning about this and I'm like, you know what? That's a connection to what God said in 1 John he said, perfect love cast out fear. And we're talking about maturing because you know what? There's, because of different situations, there's probably fears that are causing us not to mature and grow spiritually the way God wants us to. And it's set up by fear. Here's a, here's a newsflash. The enemy wants us to live in our survival brain all the time. That's where he wants us to live. That's where he, he wants us to fight. 
He wants us to fly. He, he wants us to live in fear. It's so interesting. One of the, the, the first negative things that happened according with the fall when Adam and Eve sinned, one of the first things that happened, the Bible says, and then they were afraid. And then they were afraid. Fear, I believe, is the enemy's number one weapon. Because he uses fear to deceive. So we're going to talk about how, how can we learn to not live in fear? Because I believe fear is the most powerful weapon against our love towards God, our love towards ourselves and other people. How many of you know that you can only love a person to the same level that you love yourself? Did you know that? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor to the same degree that you love yourself, you love other people. So God wants to talk, talk to us about how can we learn to grow in our love for him, ourselves, and for other people? So we're going to talk about this passage here. 1 Corinthians. There's three things God wants us to know about love that we're going to talk about today. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. And kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Wow. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Isn't that powerful? Love never ends. Ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. He's talking about maturity here. I thought as a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. You know what? God wants us to give up some of our childish ways. Amen. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These, these three. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is Love. So here's the first thing God wants us to know 
be reminded. Love is based on the basics. Everybody say, love is based on the basics. Love is based on the basics. <laughs> you know, so I went, when I was in the military, um, first we went to the reception, and they buttered us up. I mean, they gave us, would you like pancakes? Oh, yeah, I'll have some pancakes. Oh, how would you like your eggs cooked? I'm like, man, this army thing ain't so bad at all. This is wonderful. <laughs> man, I'm like, wow, this is great. Then we went to basic training. Then folks started yelling at us. I'm like, what? And, and then the first, I mean, we rolled up in a cattle car, and it, you, you could smell that animals had been in there. And we rolled up in there, and you saw one tall drill sergeant. They're yelling before we got out the cattle car, yelling. What are you doing, soldier? Why are you looking at me? Get out and do some push-ups. And they're yelling. I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> Mama! Anyway, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But I'm like, what did I do? But in basic training, they gave us the basics. They taught us how to shoot our weapon. They taught us how to, to, to dig a foxhole. They taught us how to run and be in shape. They taught us how to put that gas mask on. Oh my goodness, that was a traumatic experience. <laughs> With that tear gas, what? Take the mask off, son. Ah, and you burning, and anyway. But that was the basics. Because you know, they have higher training. You know, Roy, I know he's done some extra training and chaplain, you've done. My, my father-in-law, he, he was a ranger, my brother, um, he retired as a command sergeant major. He was a ranger out here. He was a pathfinder and airborne and all these things. That's extra training. And what God wants to tell us today is love is a basic thing. It's basic in terms of us being really spiritually mature. Let's read something here. Matthew 22, 34 to 38. You know what, in, in basic training, I saw a grown guy crying. I said, you know what, I am not going to cry. <laughs> anyway. Just one. Huh? Just one. I, I seen about one or two. I'm like, he is really crying. It's, this is tough, but I'm not going there. I'm going to keep my man card. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Matthew 22, 34 through 38. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, you know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all the others that couldn't see, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God. This is Jesus Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the great and first commandment. Check this out. Talk about basics. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Love is a basic thing that God wants us to get. Let's go back to the scripture. 1 Corinthians 1. If I speak 
in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Wow. So, so what I'm getting from that is if there was an indicator, okay, LT, okay, let's, let's think about this. The Bible talks about us laying up our treasures in heaven. And part of, I believe, treasures that we lay up is how we treat other people. Would you agree? How we love people. This is saying that we don't lay up any treasures or anything like that will, will be accredited to our account if we don't love. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that serious? Like, n- nothing will be accredited on our account if we don't love. It doesn't even register. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all ministries and mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. I would say love is pretty important, right? If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Doesn't that kind of sound like when Jesus said, the people came to him and said, we, we cast out demons in your name. We did all these things in your name. Jesus said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So it seems to me that love and knowing God is related. Love and knowing God is related. It's connected. I got this quote here recently. It says, most Christians from a friend. Most Christians do not have fellowship with God. They have fellowship with each other about God. Depart from me because I never knew you. And that word knew is genisco, means to know by experience. And God wants us to grow spiritually. And one way that we're going to be able to grow spiritually is through learning how to love. But the biggest enemy or villain in our ability to love is fear. I call fear the, the great exaggerator. Because this is what happens. When we get in fear, it cuts off our logical, reasonable way to think. That's why, you know, the enemy wants us to just... just Live in our survival mind. It cuts off all reasoning. So how many in here are married? All right. Or any relationship, been married. How many know about the crazy cycle? You know about the crazy cycle? The crazy cycle is when the husband doesn't feel honored or respected, he does things that's unloving. And so when 
the wife feels like she's being unloved, she does things that's more disrespectful or dishonoring. And so, well, I feel dishonored. And then he, it's just a crazy cycle. And you know what? When we're in a crazy cycle, we're not operating in God's spirit. And we're in that survival mode. That fight, flight, freeze. Everybody freeze. <laughs> or defond. I have a confession. Can I confess to you? I remember times that I would care so much about what other people thought that it would paralyze me, paralyze me. Or it would cause me to, hey, do you have everything you need? Are you okay? Oh, hey, hey, people, please. God doesn't want us living like that. You know what? When I live like that, when we live like that, we're not walking in love for ourselves. We're not walking in love for God because you know what happens in that? We put an idol. We set up an idol. So we're not really loving God either because God isn't king in our lives. The approval of others are, is. The second thing God wants us to know about Love is love is based on our attitudes. Attitude. You notice that even in that passage, 1 Corinthians 13, he was talking about some, some activity. The, the person was serving others and willing to give himself up to be burned and all these things. And it really didn't matter because why? His attitude, his or her attitude wasn't right. I read this quote about attitude. It says, from John Cobb. I'll hire someone with the right mindset over someone with the right resume any day. Skills are easier to teach than attitude. But you know what? The Holy Spirit wants to teach us attitude. Amen. Holy Spirit wants to teach. Check out these attitudes here. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. Does that have to do with attitude? It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. And we've talked about this person a number of times in services. Victor, Victor Frankl. He was a prisoner in the death camps. Nazi Germany. A prisoner. And it, unthinkable things were done to these people. Unthinkable. He lost everyone. He lost his... They killed his wife. They killed his kids. They took everything from him. They took his clothes off of his back. They took everything. But you know what? God helped Victor to understand attitude and love. Because you know what? He started having a love and compassion for the, prisons, the prison guards. 
He said, you know what? I started to realize that the prison guards were more imprisoned than we were. Were more imprisoned than we were. They were so bound and he had compassion for them. This is one of the quotes, one of his favorite, famous quotes. This is what he says, Victor Frankl. Everything can be taken from a person, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Isn't that powerful? That we have a choice to choose God's way and to choose God's attitude. But you know what? I believe one of the things that helps us to be able to do that is speaking to a need that we all have. Here's, here's a need. All of us have a need to be seen, heard, known, loved. Seen, heard, known, loved. And Victor Frankl, he knew God knew him. He knew God saw him. He knew God heard him. And I believe if we can get a grasp that God sees us, he knows us, he loves us. Can I get an amen? amen? He sees us. He knows us. He hears us. So when we don't feel like we're being heard, that's when we start getting into fear. Here's the next one. Love is based on truth. Everybody say truth. truth. Love is based on truth. And part of in my growing up, I don't mean to show you all my worst, but I'm showing you to help, help you see something. People used guilt, guilt trips. It was exhausting. And so here I am as an adult in other relationships because you know what? Sometimes when we go through traumatic experiences, it teaches us to be sensitive to lies. So I'm in other, I'm in other relationships, and then all of, all of a sudden, I, I venture down to the survival brain. If I, I was feeling guilted, we're going to fight. We're going to fight. But you know what? The only way that we can get freedom from that is to understand the truth. One day I was in the shower and God said, you know what? They're not trying to guilt you. You're responding from the trauma you had as a kid. The devil wants, to, wants us to live in strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a system of lies that are set up to keep us in bondage. So we're believing it's a system, it's an organized system of lies that we begin to believe that hems us in. But what breaks us through, what breaks through strongholds? God's truth. And see, Satan wants to 
distort reality and to distort, distort truth in order to keep us bound. Like we hear the, the, we hear the love is love, right? Love is love. No, love isn't love if it's not based on God's truth. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? It ain't. Or you hear love has no label. Oh, man, that's so, that's so slick. Love has, love has no label. Yes, it does. One of the labels is truth. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get privy to the, these, the commercial, he gets us. You see those? He does get us, but he also wants us to repent. Amen. He also, a God that never changes, is constantly causing, causing and calling us to change and to become more and more like him. To be holy as he is holy. What does holy mean in our context to become more and more mature? Love is based on truth. See, God wants to shine his light on those areas where there's fears that's been wrapped up in lies, that's been lodged into our our spirits and our hearts. He wants to unlodge them, shine his light, and to set us free. How are we set free? He that knows the truth will be set free. He wants us to know the truth. And so when we learn to live in truth, we learn to live in love. Listen to this quote. This is from God is in the small stuff. The only love that is completely other centered is called agape love. It's completely other centered is called agape love. This is love of the highest order. It's what Lewis called divine gift love. When we love with agape love, we desire the best for the people we love. We are even able to love those who are, who are unlovable. Check this out. We are capable of agape love only to the extent that we give the details of our lives over to God and allow him to work in us. But even before that can happen, we must realize that God loves us and that he can only love us with this kind of love. God's love is never self-centered and God's love is always sacrificial. While we were enemies of God, he loved us. When we ran from God, he loved us. He loved us so much that he sacrificed the son he loved most so that we could experience eternal life. Love is the essence of God. Love is what motivates him to do what he does for us down to the last detail, even when we don't love him in return. What are one way that what is one way that we can grow spiritually? We need to understand that we are loved by God that we are seen by him, that we are heard by, we are known by God. 
And I believe there may be some people, a person here, that realizes that there's some fear or some strongholds that, that's preventing them from growing. In the Corinthian church, Paul talked to them and said, you know what? You guys are fighting. You guys are putting each other down and doing all this crazy stuff. You guys are immature. I came to try to give you meat, but you weren't ready for it. I had to give you milk. One of, one of, one of God's biggest desires for us is that we grow. And one of the ways we grow is when we learn to embrace God's love to cast out all fears. God wants to deal with some fears today that we possibly have so he can help us to grow. If we live in our survival mindset, we will never grow. It's interesting that Pharisees, they had, they had everything on the outside look so amazing. They knew the Pentateuch. They knew, they knew it by heart, all this scripture. But they were vastly immature. And I would dare to say dangerous. Some of them were. God wants us to be mature. And he wants to work from the inside out to help us Love him, love ourselves, and love others the way he's called us to. Let's bow our heads.